today an inspiring topic where dreams go to die. How about that? Where dreams go to die. We're going to use a common passage that's used a lot of times around Easter, but I want to I want to put a little different spin on it and get you to think a little differently um, in how to apply this in a in a separate area of our lives. John chapter 12, verses 20 through 26, and um, this is what that says. Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also." If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. I want to, I want to just for a moment, I want to read one passage of that uh, portion of Scripture again. Verse 24, Truly, truly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And I'm going to take you down a little bit of a different path today. Where dreams go to die. You see, our, our dreams often have this tendency to take control of our lives. They, they give us a singular focus, and a lot of times our dreams, the focus that they give us is us. It's what we want to see in our lives. It's what we want to see happen in our, even in our families. It's even the things that we want to see happen in our jobs. It's what we want to see happen in our finances. It's what we want to see happen with our house, with our car, with whatever it is. Our dreams, not that they're bad things, not that we're, we're wanting things that are sinful, but even good things that we want. Sometimes our dreams will take control of our lives. I was thinking this week, I I came on this thought. Stop. I want you to stop for just a moment. Close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes. Nothing crazy is going to happen. I just want you to close your eyes. <laughs> well, you're not looking at everybody else or anything like that. No, I don't need to like adjust my shirt or anything, so I got you all to close your eyes. You know, it wasn't. <laughs> but I want you, just for a moment, I want you to stop and think about your life this past week. Okay? And I want you to think this question. What did I do or what did I accomplish that I feel has meaningful, truly long-lasting impact this week? Don't want anybody to answer. This isn't a, I want you in your mind to stop and think. What did I do, what did I accomplish that I feel has meaningful, truly long-lasting impact? Just take just a moment. Stay there. I want you to think about this second question. 
When I got up this morning, what expectations did I set for myself in regards to serving Christ today? When I got up this morning, what expectations did I set for myself in regards to serving Christ today? Okay, so you can stop, you can stop doing the closed eye thing. You're seeing the back of your eyelids. I was reading a story this week about um, a guy that was on the scene of an accident and they called, um, they called 911 for paramedics and, and uh, he was in a, a, very, a clustered city, a larger city, and, and he said, man, it was so fast. These paramedics showed up and boom, they, sl they you know, slid up and they got out and they started taking care of people and he said, it dawned on me. I thought, man, how fast was that that these people showed up? And he said, for some reason then, I, I stopped and thought, wouldn't it be terrible if they didn't know where they were going? You called for help. You called 911, and, and, and nobody could tell them where the wreck was. And then they didn't know the streets, and they didn't have a GPS, and they didn't have a map. He said, you know, they could, they could drive around, honestly, for hours on end, not ever getting to the place where they needed to be where that they could accomplish their purpose, where they could respond to the call. I told Michelle as we were driving up to Cayuca yesterday, which if you don't know where Cayuca is, it's up near Duck Springs. Did that help any? Yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> it didn't help me much either. I was thank goodness I had a GPS. You know, Siri was talking to me. She was talking so much I wanted her to hush. I think they worked on her. Because, you know, you said she wouldn't tell you something until you were like, you know, 10 feet from it. And now she's like, in a half mile. And I'm going, it's, it's good, I promise. <laughs> tell me in a quarter mile. In a quarter mile. <laughs> in 900 feet. Okay. But you know what? I actually, I actually was kind of getting upset with her. In fact, I, I actually, you know, told her she needed to be quiet at one point. She didn't hear me. She wasn't really listening, you know. But I was like, that's enough. You know, because, I mean, immediately I'd take a turn and she'd go in 3.5 miles and I'm going, oh. But then I had to stop and think. How many times do we not liking to be given direction. We don't like to be given direction. How many times does the Holy Spirit try to guide our lives and say, hey, out from here, you need, going, okay, all right, okay. And it, hey, we're getting, you need to, and we don't want to listen to that. Those, what if those guys in that, that EMS truck, what if, what if they just didn't have a map and they didn't pay any attention and, they, and then they couldn't get there and they couldn't help? then they couldn't really fulfill their purpose. Their purpose is not to drive. You, you can put anybody with a license in a vehicle and tell them to drive. These are guys that have a specific skill set, men and women that have training, that have things that make them have purpose when someone calls. They go get in that vehicle, and it's just a means to get somewhere and to do their purpose. All of the things that are stocked up in that vehicle are just there to help them accomplish their purpose. All of the training. The training wasn't an end in and of itself. It was just to prepare them to do their purpose. But if they never get to the scene of the accident, if they never get to your house when someone's having a heart attack, if they never get in, they can't accomplish the purpose. 
So what did you accomplish this week? See, they know. They go and they prepare for a shift. You know, we have a, we have a friend that's, that's, uh, that we all know, Alexa, that, that is part of EMS. And so I'm always seeing her posting stuff about, um, you know, what they're doing or, or, you know, if they had a difficult week or something like that. They get up and they go to work and, and they're, they're sitting on ready. They're waiting on the call. But they, they prepare then. If they go and they respond to a situation, then anything they use, when they come back, they're going to restock the truck. They're going to re-prepare for the next thing that's going to occur. And I wonder, I, I asked Michelle as we were driving to Kayuki yesterday, I said, I wonder what people think their Christian life is supposed to look like. I wonder, I wonder what they think their life period is supposed to look like. Because if we don't have a vision of what it's supposed to be, then we will never have a method of identifying how far away we are or how close we are from what it is supposed to be. So when I stop and think about all the things that I did in the last week and I go, well, what did I accomplish? What did I do that has some meaningful, truly long-lasting impact in somebody's life? When I got up this morning, did it, okay, you know, I got to get up. Everybody got to get ready because we've got to go to church. And I know some of y'all are about, y'all are whipped because uh, y'all had a long night. <laughs> y'all, God bless y'all. <laughs> but when you got up this morning, tired or not, what did you, what did you, what did you set out with for an expectation for today? I'm going to go to church. I'll, I'll, go see if that, I'll go see if that preacher can give me something for me to, to spiritually eat. You know? Or, or did we get up with a plan, that, hey, here are the things that, that I, I feel like I need to do today. And I'm not talking about, see, because we're good about when it's a work day. We're good about a lot of times getting up and saying, all right, I know I got to do this today and I got to do that and we got to clean the house and we got to do this and we got to do this over here and I got to get this done. But what about in our service for God. Now, I'm not talking about creating some list to be able to feel like, you know, oh, I checked the boxes and all that, but I'm talking about being intentional. What if, what if our ladies that are teachers back here showed up, you know, at class every day and they were like, I don't really know what we're going to do today. Actually, Pittle's like, huh, well, you know. <laughs> now, you know, I don't know what we're going to do today, but I mean, we're going to come to school, so I just thought we'd show up, you know. No, they have a plan. They're, they're, they're working out in advance. Here's what needs to happen. Matthew chapter 6, verse, verses 26 through 33. He says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life. Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? 
For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So I was reading that, that verse. I, it, one thing that came to mind was that most of the time it seems like our dreams center around the things of this world. They center around clothing. They center around shelter, transportation, food, and, and even people. Some folks, you know, they're, they're, they're just intent on that, that finding that right person, finding that one they're going to marry. Look at that back row over there. Oh, they're not, they're not working on getting married, I mean, but, but look at them. They're all, you know, trying to find the right person. Got some, got some more over here. Uh, they're all trying to find the right person. Our dreams, sometimes we center, we center around these things. Not just young people either, by the way. We're, we're thinking about uh, the house that we want or the bigger house that we want or what we want to do to our house. or We're thinking about our car or what we wish we had. We're, all these things that we begin to center dreams around. And honestly, then our efforts go in that direction. And it gets us focused and it gets us where that, that our intent is all directed toward and our priorities become about those things. We begin to place those things at a higher level than other things in our lives. We will, we will focus on those things because we have a passion for those. We have a desire for those. We have a goal that we've set for those. And so we will sacrifice other things in order to pursue our dreams. Oh, that we would... I, I, I thought about, you know, the Bible talks about that in the last days, about that, you know, you'll have, you'll have young men seeing visions, your old men will dream dreams and all that stuff. And I, I, it, I just thought today when I was contemplating before coming to church and, and even standing here now, oh, that we would have people within this body that would get a dream. I'm not talking about you, these people that always want you to, oh, you had a dream and got to find somebody to interpret. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that you would get a dream for what God wants to do in your family. Yes. That you would get a dream for what God wants to do in our church. For you would get a dream for what God wants to do in our community. That you would get a dream for, that you would see what it is that God wants. Because if we would get a vision of what God is wanting to do, and it's, and it's simple. I mean, it really comes down to God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Why? That whosoever believes in Him wouldn't perish, but would have everlasting life. He just wants to win the lost. He just wants to bring people to Him. He wants to see us impact the world around us. He wants to see the world be shown the example of Jesus Christ through our lives. Just search the Scriptures and this is the will of God for you. Things like that you would abstain from immorality. 
We like that verse in Jeremiah. We like to read, for I know the plans that I have for you. <laughs> but I want you to see something in this Matthew 6.33. I want you to catch this. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. It dawned on me this morning when I was reading this again, and I, I was just, I, I, sometimes I just say stuff to myself out loud sitting in there because sometimes it's the greatest conversations that I have because I can win that conversation every time. <laughs> if, I, if I start having a debate, I can, I can just award myself the winner. You know, it happens. And, and so, but I was reading this and, and I just said, I just out loud said, wow, because it dawned on me. If I told you, Hey, I want you to go out and wash my truck and I will give you $10. There's a condition there, isn't there? I didn't say, I want you to go out there and wash my truck and I'm going to give you $10. I, the, the, the connection in that statement was, I want you to go out there and wash my truck and if you wash my truck, I will give you $10. Okay? Read this verse again. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Sometimes, sometimes we're wondering why we don't have some of the things we need in life, but we're not in pursuit of his kingdom. Our dreams are off somewhere else, and we're trying to proclaim this as some promise that we're going to try to stand on, but the reality is there's not a necessity to claim anything. He's already said God already knows the needs that you have. He's like, you think about the lilies, think about all this stuff in the field. God clothes them. He says, but your heavenly Father knows the needs that you have. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things then will be added to you. Perspective. Perspective. Where are our dreams focused? Because we're sacrificing time and we're sacrificing money and we'll sacrifice our efforts, our emotions, all of these things into stuff that we are pursuing. But yet he says, look, God already knows what you need. By the way, there's elsewhere in the Bible where he talks about that if you'll commit your ways to the Lord and all that stuff and, you know, then then you can, you can ask and he'll give you the desires of your heart. We can preach about that at a different time because if your way's committed to the Lord, the desires of your heart are going to be in line with God's plan. It's not going to be that you're wanting the bigger house and the better car and all that stuff and just because that's what you want because when your heart's committed to God, your, your plans and your thoughts and your desires are going to be in line with Him. And so then when you seek God for things, you're seeking God for His will. You're seeking God do what... You know, oh, I don't care if I'll preach that today. But look... He says, but seek ye first. He doesn't say you can't seek anything else in life. But we, we've sometimes misstated this to be, well, the only thing that you're ever seeking. You can't have a dream about anything else. No, he said, seek ye first priority. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things that you need will be added to you. You know what's, you know what's interesting? We have developed a perception of need. 
we have determined what we think everyone needs. I, I always hate to keep referencing back to it, but once, I, once you go to another country and see some of this stuff, all of a sudden you're going, the things that we say we need, you really can't exist without. You don't, you don't need them. It's nice to have them. Yes. But you don't need them. I'm sitting here with an iPad and a phone back there, and we got lights, and we've got air conditioning, and we've got all this stuff. They're great. We don't really need them. And so we get in our minds for our situation, this is what I need. I told Michelle yesterday, I said, you know what? I said, I think if anything has been settling in on me, is as we were driving through the, the country up there by Duck Springs and Cayuga, it is beautiful, by the way. It, it's, it, I mean, it's just absolutely uh, beautiful. It, it, it really is. Um, you go up, you go up like you're going past Nakalula, you go on over, you don't go on the interstate, you turn right and go up and there's cows and mountains and, and right now there's stuff starting to bloom a little bit. And man, it was just, it was absolutely beautiful. I told myself, I said, you know what? I said, I just, I just want to end up with everything paid off. I just want to get stuff paid off. You know, somewhere that, that I don't have to, I don't have to, don't have to do as much. I want to be able to just, just spend more time serving God. And what, now, am I saying that there's anything wrong with working and all? I said, no, not at all. That's not what I'm, but I'm saying I don't want to have stuff being the dream of my life so much that I tie myself up with it. And, and we've been talking now for a couple of years about looking around just in the house and going, what do we need? What's the stuff that we need? Because, you know, we've moved like four times between, you know, early on we moved between Anniston and East Aboga, and then we moved to Indiana, and then we moved back, and then we moved elsewhere in Anniston. And we're going, we need to get rid of some stuff. What do we need? And there's stuff that still is in the moving box from Indiana. We obviously don't need it. Whatever's in there. So we ain't seen it. We don't need it. Now, y'all know what happens, though. Because I determined one day, I told Caleb, I don't know, maybe about two years ago, I said, I said I'm going I'm to have a yard sale. I'm going to go through stuff. We're going to have a yard sale. I, I didn't get enough stuff out to have. I, I was embarrassed to have a yard sale with that. Because you know what? You're going, oh, oh, hey. And I, could, I, I might still use that sometime. It's been in a box for five years. We hadn't even seen it. Didn't even remember I had it. And when I saw it, I went, oh, hey. You know? Okay, it was 10 years. It was, it's been 10 years since we moved back. You know, and you're just looking going, what well, we need Sometimes we're wondering why we don't have some of the things we need in life. But we're not in pursuit of His kingdom. Our dreams, if we stated our dreams, if we weren't sitting here in church in some spiritual moment and, and somebody said, what are some of the dreams of your life? I have to admit that prior to stopping to think through some of this, I don't know that I would have said if not in a spiritual context, I don't know that one of my responses would have been, my dream is to see the city of Anderson, to just see people saved. 
My dream is to see people reached and 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 the compassion of God shown to people. My my dream would be that that people you know walk into our doors over there and and at times that it just shocks us a little bit, but but that we can be different. I probably would have been saying something. Well, my dream is to have the bills paid off. Not that that's not a dream. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. God has a plan for us. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 through 10. He says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. This is the gift of God. Not a result of work so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I wonder sometimes if we're not so busy walking in our plan that the plans and the good works that God intended for us before we were ever born. If you weren't there Wednesday night, I want to share with you just a thought. If you saw something posted on on Facebook, you you didn't have good context for what was was posted. We were talking about the fact that 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 building um, was, we met in the other building. That building was built in, I think, in the 60s. Um, And and at the time, we we asked and said, was anybody here born before 1962? Now, Wednesday night, that wasn't true, you know. There was nobody. You know, we're not going to ask that today. Um, <laughs> but Wednesday night, there was nobody there that had been born before 1962. And we were talking about the fact of wrapping our minds around. So did you realize that before any of us were born, they were sitting there. God already knew that this building was going to be built. He knew that it was going to be well, I don't, I don't know that if the Hamiltons built it initially and it was their music store to begin. I don't know. I don't know what it actually started out as. But when I was a kid in the, in the 70s, that was what it was. In the 80s, it was, it was a music store. God saw before that building was ever erected that it was going to be that, and then it was going to be empty, and then it was going to have some other church in it for a while, and then it was going to be empty again. And then he saw the moment that we were going to start working on that building. And he already sees ahead, if, if he tarries and Christ doesn't come back before then, he already sees ahead and sees what's going to happen, people that are going to give their lives to Christ. And Brandon, in, in praying and talking, said, you know, said when I walked in then today, said God already knew that I was going to leave those dusty footprints on this floor. You are God's workmanship. You were created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand. God has something. Whether you got up today or not, whether I got up today or not, and said, God, what do I need to do today? God already had good works prepared beforehand for you to walk in today, tomorrow, this coming week, this next month, this next year, as long as you're alive, he has something planned beforehand for you to walk in. God's not caught off guard. He knows exactly the day that you're going to pass out of this life. 
He knew the moment you were going to be born. He knew the moment that you're going to pass from this life if the Lord doesn't come back first. And he has a perfect plan of good works for you to walk in. Romans 12, verses 4 through 8 says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ. And individually, we're members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. You notice, he says, look, God has given, given gifts. He has put them in you. But we sometimes get that all off into this, into this personal, very personal thing, which it is. God, you have a very personal relationship with Christ. But in the concept of these gifts that he's given each person, we've got to take it in this, the, the proper context of this scripture where he says, hey, we're all individual members, but we're all part of one body. Yes, there's, there's fingers and there's toes and there's eyes and there's ears and there's all that stuff. He said, but think about it. But independently, you know, it, it looked pretty weird, you know, if there's a finger just laying in the floor, right? <laughs> if you had an ear, just, you know, and you go, hey, there it Van goes. Oh, y'all get that here in a minute. Uh, all, the art, all the art fans will go, that was bad. You know, I mean, it, but if you saw individual body parts and it's just laying in the floor, you'd go, that's not good. <laughs> that is not good. You would not expect that thing to have life. But when you see them all together, then you go, there should be something that is alive. He says, hey, you're individual members, but you're all part of one body, the body of Christ. So as God has given you gifts, then use them. If in teaching, teach. If it's in prophecy, prophesy. If it's in serving, serve. If it's in teaching, teach. If it's in exhortation, then, then exhort. The one who contributes, do so in generosity. Don't just, well, I, I did what my thing. You know, I have the ability to give. So do, do so generously. The one who leads, do so with zeal. Well, I'm the leader. I guess i got to do it. No, that's, be zealous. The one who does acts of mercy... Not that we go, oh, look, see, I showed mercy to that person. No, but with cheerfulness. I'm so glad that I got an opportunity to show mercy and grace to this person. Yes. God has a plan. God has a purpose. God has a priority for your life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But, but wait, how does this tie back to this concept of that unless this grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, then it's alone. The question in reading that passage that I, for whatever reason came to my mind when I was studying that was are you willing to let your personal dreams fall to the ground and die? Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Are you saying that I can't have a dream? No. No, I'm saying, are you willing 
to allow the dream that you have determined? Are you willing to allow it to die? But let's, let's think about this. So that verse in John 12, 24, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth, catch that phrase, into the earth and dies, it remains alone. I think a lot of people's dreams are just about them. They're very alone. And God has a hard time working within their life because their dream is about them. And so their dream stays alone. But if it dies, then it bears much fruit. And I thought, wait a minute now. Am I, am I, you know, I, because I know, I, I'm not saying this is what this passage of Scripture was originally intended. I'm taking a principle and trying to apply it into another area of our lives. I thought, wait a minute, am I, am I just kind of missing the mark on this? And then God caused another Scripture to come to my mind. Because so I was thinking, all right, so if my dream falls to the earth, falls to the earth, I mean, and dies, wait a minute, so when a seed falls off the stalk, falls into the ground, then what happens? Germination, right? And, and so what happens in germination? When a seed starts to germinate, what happens? Sends out roots. Starts to break apart. See a little bit of life coming out. All right. So it, it dies. It dries up. And all that stuff. But then some other outside nutrients and stuff get applied. And all of a sudden life comes out of it. And it... All right, so it falls to the ground, then it begins to put forth roots. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him. Everything that we're told pretty much about the Christian life is about us dying to ourselves, about us dying to our own desires, about us dying to the flesh, about us dying to who we were before, falling to the ground, dying. But then, out of that seeming death, there comes then where we become rooted. We become rooted into what? Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So we have this call for, unless a grain of wheat falls to earth and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it bears much fruit, because why? Now that it falls into the ground and it takes up root, then it multiplies. But Galatians chapter 5 verse 24 says something interesting. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now I am not a fan of the message version of the Bible. I'll just go ahead and I want to tell you that. But I'm actually going to read you this verse out of the message. I'm not a fan of it for any kind of study, but sometimes it's an, an interesting translation. Galatians 5 and 24. Among those who belong to Christ, everything connected with getting our own way 
and mindlessly responding to what everyone else calls necessities is killed off for good, crucified. I want to give you an interesting statement. Jesus Christ is where dreams go to die. Why? Because for us to come to Christ is where we deny self. For us to come to Christ is where we have to take up a cross and follow him. For us to come to Christ is where we have to say, not my will, but your will be done. To come to Christ is when we say, God, not what I want, not what I'm after, not what I'm pursuing, but I want to seek first your kingdom. If I'm going to be rooted in Christ, I'm going to have to fall before Christ. I'm going to have to be planted in Him. I'm going to have to be willing for my what I had to die in order so that it would not stay alone. But so that now what God can do in my life and through my life can be multiplied and I will be rooted and grounded and established in Him. So He's where dreams go to die, but yet Christ is where true dreams come to life and are nourished. Because now that we begin to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, we find our way into the fact that He has created good works for us to walk in beforehand. We find ourselves where that when we go, well, I now I want to claim this verse that I know the plans that I have for you. Well, if God knows the plan that He had for you, then that's going to mean you've got to be willing to follow His plan and not your plan. In Christ is where we now begin to, in committing our way to Him, in surrendering our hearts to Him, in surrendering our lives to Him, where now there is a true dream. I, I can't imagine that there are too many people, unless God actually moves in their life, there, there just aren't that many people that are going to be willing to say, yeah, I, I want to pack up and go to another country and be a missionary where my family's not going to have electricity. We're going to struggle to have running water. We're, we're not going to have access to a lot of the health care sometimes. We're going to do all that stuff. And yeah, that's my dream. <coughs> that is not a natural dream for you to have. A natural dream, our flesh would want all the comforts. It would want all the things. So I have to believe that then when, when people get a hold of God, then all of a sudden they get those kind of dreams. What about people that God blesses them financially and, then, and they're just, they're, they give and they just, man, you know what? A lot of people don't, hey, I, I need to keep. You need to, you need to look out for number one. You need to get for you. You need to do for, it's not a necessarily a natural thing. Denying self. What about people that get called to a life of service? Mother Teresa. People like that. That essentially end up, they, they you know, she took a vow of poverty. They're in a leper colony working among 
people and you know, just poured out our life doing that. Man, that's not natural. That's, that's not the kind of dream that, you know, an, an eight-year-old kid in America, <laughs> hear me? America, that, that's not what we, we tell about, oh, the American dream. If you get married and have a house and have a car and two and a half children, because that's the average, you know, or whatever, you know, all that <laughs> stuff, you know, that's that. Christ is where dreams go to die because we die to ourselves. But Christ is where true dreams come alive. God has a plan for you. God has things that he has put and abilities and things that he has established in your life for the purpose of the good works that he intends for you to do. And so how amazing if we could ever catch the vision of the dream that the one who created you has and prepared you to do. Sometimes I think the reason that people are struggling or so frustrated with their life and their careers and all these other things is because they're pursuing a dream that is not what God designed them for and equip them for. Remember when I was in college, they had us thing in one of my humanities classes, but we had a couple different things that they asked us to do. One was, write your epitaph if it was right now. What would people say about you? All right? And then it was, write your epitaph the way you would like for it to be. And why is there a difference between the two? Nobody ever wants someone to write and say, oh, uh, I tell you what, man, he was a workaholic. You know, he was always hunting. He was always fishing. Never saw his kids. Never, I mean, that's not what people want, right? Oh, sometimes that's what we're willing to do to pursue our dream. And then you'd write this epitaph where, where you said, all right, here's what I want it to be. And you want, he, was, he was compassionate and he served in the community and, and he loved people and he was always spent time with his family and all that stuff. And they said, why is there a difference? The second thing that they asked us to do is they said, if you could do anything and money was no object, if you could do anything with your life, what would it be? And so you would answer that. And then they would say, so what are you going to do to pursue that dream? God's intent is for us to have a kingdom focus. A kingdom focus. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. People say, oh, I like the fact that you clarify that he says seek first. Therefore, there's some other things that we could seek. Yeah, yeah, there are. But if the kingdom is your priority, it will change what the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth thing is that you would seek in your life too. Because all of a sudden you start going, well, wait a minute, is this going to benefit the kingdom of God? Yes. So, so if I want to pursue this, is this going to take me away from the kingdom of God? And all of a sudden life 
becomes such that it's focused on thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What an interesting part of the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How is that supposed to happen? Maybe that's supposed to happen through us. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Well, who's on earth? We are. With works, good works prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. So where has your focus been this week? Where has your focus been this month? Do you realize we're fixing to already be three months, one quarter of the year already gone? Where has your focus been this year? Because just like those EMTs, if you don't have a map, if you don't get in line with God and say, God, what is the direction that you're wanting me to take? God, and that, by the way, that's going to change. There's some things about God's direction and God's plan for you that are eternal. They're they're always going to be there. But in this moment in your life, God may be moving you in these directions as, as you grow and you change and you mature and things happen and you, you shift locations, you move to a different state, you change jobs. Some of those things will adapt and change and God use you in those certain situations. But if you don't get up, if you don't know this week, what is it? What are some things that I'm going to do for God this week? What are some things, how are some ways that I am going to serve the kingdom this week? Then most likely, it just won't happen. Where has your focus been? Today, this is how we're going to end. I, I pray that you're going to find a place where dreams go to die. Christ. But today I also pray that you're going to find a place where real dreams as well as real provision begin to grow. If we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, if we be about our Father's business, then His word says that He will take care of our needs. We're so worried about our needs that we can't hardly squeeze time out for his kingdom. And he says, if you'll make the time for my kingdom, you won't have to worry about squeezing time out for your needs. We have it backwards. We may not have a works-based religion, but we do have a works-based relationship. We've established that for ourselves for some reason. Okay, I come to Christ, and I can't get there through works, but then I do the work for all my needs instead of going, man, let me get about God's business. Let me get about doing it, and He's going to take care of this other stuff. It was always about seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these things we added to you. Let's pray.